Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. And for those that are joining me on YouTube, I'm sorry I look like this. I just had a massage. Um, so I'm kind of in that like post massage, uh, you know, whatever the, the mindset where you can't come up with the word. Uh, the, <laughs> um, all right, today's guest. Holy shit balls. Um, it's Simon Floriani. Yay! I have had okay, so I'm gonna tell this story. I also just realized um I'm wearing the headphones and I don't need to be wearing the headphones um uh, because I don't have a guest that I'm listening to for the intro. Okay, let me just set those down. So I have gotten to talk with Simon a couple times before in IRL in real life for the millennials and Gen Xers in the room. Um, and I'm going to tell this story. I didn't want to tell it in front of him because it made me feel like vulnerable and embarrassed. But this is like way back, way back in Lauren's like, uh, I was going to say transitioning, but that seemed like not the right word. Uh, transforming, evolving from being hyper controlling masculine energy into, I don't know, whatever the heck I'm working towards. So I was standing in like a circle of people that were like asking him questions. And just as he was talking, he wasn't even talking to me, about me. He was helping other people with whatever their dumb questions were. I'm joking. I don't remember their questions. That's all I'm saying. Um, and definitely didn't pertain to me, but literally just being in his, his presence brought something out of me. And there was like this, this like out of this body experience where I felt like I sprouted butterfly wings, like my feminine energy, like entered my body in this like just being in his presence. And it was so weird. Um, like nothing I'd experienced before. And now like so weird and cheesy and woo woo. And can you tell like, this is why I don't, I wouldn't tell a story in front of people because it's like, what? Although he's mate, he's great. He'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, but, but yeah, he, if you somehow don't know 
who Simon Floriani is, um, you're you're welcome for this because he shows up and we talk about so many great. We, we kind of are all, all over the place, but like circle back to the same topics. It's it's wonderful, um, but I do need to stand up for myself a tiny bit because back when I recorded this a whole two weeks ago. Um, they, I said my morning routine and you can hear my morning routine was garbage. But since then I've really gotten down the rabbit hole on like light therapy. And I'm not talking about infrared saunas, although I do want to go down that rabbit hole also, because I think Kirby and I want to install a infrared sauna in our basement this winter. Um, so I do want to know your brands and stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like blue light, yellow light, red light, green light. Um, I don't think green light is the thing, but so I follow this chick on Instagram. I'm trying to get her to be on the podcast, but she's very busy. And so, um, I'm working on it, but I have started like reading her, her stuff. And now you're going to like wonder like, who is it, Lauren? Shoot. I don't know. I think her first name is it's Sarah Kleiner. That's who it is. And, um, I, she is like a, uh, setting your optimum quantum light day. And it's a free thing. And I downloaded it and started reading. So I have started making changes. So here are some of the changes I've made since I recorded this podcast a week and a half ago. Yes, I move fast. Keep up around here. So one, I do not plug my phone in next to my bed anymore because of, um, well, a couple reasons. One, like the frequencies and stuff, the PNMMFs, the letters, the letters that go into my brain while my phone is charging. I don't want that. But the even more, um, the really, cause I've known about that for a while where I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't like a, yeah, like you don't believe it. It was just like a, I, that's not good enough. I want my phone by me. It was more talking through how gross that like my phone goes off. I'm lethargic. So the only thing I can do to kind of like wake me up is to like pop my phone in front of my face and like open up emails and open up DMs. And I just shove my brain right into working and like staring at a screen. And I was like, wow, just saying it out loud sounded bad. So now what I do is I plug my phone in across the room and the alarm goes off because I still, I know I could just get a different alarm. That's not a phone, but I haven't gotten there yet. It's only been a week and a half. Give me a minute. So then I'm forced to get out of bed, which is great. So I don't, I can't like press snooze. Then, um, so I don't look at my phone. I just like turn it off. Now I'm waiting on getting some like special blue light blocking glasses because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to wear like orange blue light blocking glasses until you can get outside. So in theory, what I should do is while my alarm goes off, I should grab my orange blue light locking glasses, put them on my face, walk over to my phone, press off on my alarm. And then I am going outside and getting like the first light of the day is like direct sunlight. And that's supposed to, so this whole point of like her program which I should have said before I started talking, is about like rebalancing your cortisol, your melatonin, and your leptin cycles. And this won't be a science lesson right now because we don't have time. But I'm just going down this rabbit hole. So yep. So I'm getting sunlight in the morning as it starts to get colder up here in the North Woods. Um, that will be mixed with cold exposure, which I'm not really excited about. But right now we've got the cold plunge. 
I'm getting better about it. I'm getting better. I probably still only do it once a week, which isn't enough, but I'm hoping that like, yeah, like I said, once the temperature starts dropping, I'll be able to get that cold exposure and light. I'm also drinking water and delaying coffee for at least an hour to sometimes like two hours. You guys, are you proud of me? Um, Oh, the other thing is I've started to force myself to eat breakfast, which I don't love. I don't love because I'm just not in the mood for it. Um, I've like air quote been an intermittent faster for years. And I do air quotes because like sometimes I do put creamer in my coffee and that's cheating. You're breaking the fast and you're not supposed to break the fast. But this is what I'm doing. And I can understand that like, so her explanation is that the food will trigger your body to wake up the next morning and signal melatonin to start going down. So like basically you'll wake up less groggy. So there's a couple other things that I'm like doing in that program. I'm I'm excited. So I, maybe what I'll do is um, do an entire episode in September about some of the changes once I have like a month of data so I can tell you how I'm feeling. Ooh, I should start like collecting data. Like what time am I naturally waking up? I don't know. So all that to say, I'm becoming less of a lazy POS in the morning since I recorded this. Okay. So, oh, one more. Okay. One more thing. Hmm. Um, we're hiring, huh? My clinic is hiring. And, um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a chiropractor. Hi. And I practice in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, and I have two amazing female associates. You don't have to be a female. I will hire a male. I think it would be great, but you do need to like kids. Um, Also, like, you know, it's the Northwoods of Wisconsin. The town is 9,000 people. Uh, So, and you don't need to be graduating next week. I've had a couple people DM me being like, I don't graduate until next March. Are you open? Um, Yes, I am absolutely open to talking to you. So shoot me a DM if you want to talk about coming to work for me because I'm fun and uh, I promise to try and make your life super fun also. I'm also on this kick. If you've been really paying attention to the podcast, I'm really about creating a work-life balance for our associates as well. Like if you're a clinic owner, listen up. I really think this is going to be the key to keeping associates happy is providing a ton of freedom in their life and not making them feel like they need to go start their own practice in order to have the ownership and freedom of their life. I think we have a lot of chiropractors that are graduating or that are associates that are like, well, I guess I need to open my own practice now because that's the only way that I'll find financial abundance and freedom. And I say nay, nay to that. If you don't want to own your own business, let me tell you, it is not freaking easy. The And it just kind of keeps coming the more businesses you get. It's like, oh, and then that business now gets to have a problem too. And they all like to happen the same week, I'm telling you. But I don't think that seeking financial abundance and freedom is the only reasons you should start a practice. Like you should start a practice if you are just drawn to entrepreneurship. I think that we are going to continue to see 
over the next five to 10 years, more chiropractors that are thinking like me that are like, okay, let me allow you to somehow create your dream practice in my clinic. Let's do this together so you don't have to deal with hiring and firing and taxes because huh, I am losing minutes on my life by the, from that. What was it? Okay. So bio. So, Simon. So first of all, we talk about this, but his wife, how many times are you able to say first of all before it's like, all right, this is actually your fifth of all, Lauren. But um, I still didn't look it up, but my editor will make sure that it's in the show notes. Simon's wife, Jen Floriani, was on the podcast like within the last six months. So you should, if you love this episode, go listen to that one too, because oh, just they, I cannot believe that they, those two beautiful souls are married to each other. I am jealous that I'm not their child is basically, I just want to be their child or their third, their third wing. We turned this into a Mormon situation really quickly. I don't want to be married to Simon and Jen. I'm not saying that. I just want to be their kid. I just want to be in their presence as much as possible. Okay. Anyways, from president and media spokesperson leading the chiropractic profession in Australia to canceled villain suspended for speaking out about Vax. He's had big highs and big lows in the profession. Oh, isn't that great? Just to like have someone admit that shit's been a roller coaster for them and that like if you're doing everything right, you never have anything bad happened to you. And like, anyways, he's passionate about helping the community grow by delivery of superb chiropractic from superb chiropractors. And we talk a lot about nervous system today. Um, so it's a good one for my chiros in the room. It's also, I do think that the non-chiros you're going to get, oh, you're going to be blessed by this. So don't you worry. And I know this is last minute, but they do have an event in Dallas coming up on September 8th. I know. It's really, really short notice if you are listening to this. You're like, Lauren, but like, hey, just like, you know, live in the moment. No, I told him he needs to have another one. They'll have, I told, and he's leading his life based around my suggestion. So they're going to have another one. No, they'll have another one. I'll try and keep you in the loop sooner if you can't get to Dallas, but at least make sure you're like on their list or following them. So you're in the loop um, because you're going to hear today and then you're going to be like, I need to learn more. So let's breathe. Let's pretend we meditate. Let's find our third eye. No, let's relax the jaw. Can you relax the jaw for me? Can you except that maybe you clench it and you hold it a little bit without you knowing. And breathe. I believe that you are listening to this in this moment because you were called to receive whatever message universe, spirit, God has come through this conversation. And I know that there's something in this for you that you're going to take away and is going to change the outcome of your day, your week, your career. I continue to be so grateful for the opportunity to have deep conversations with cool ass people um, and to not shy away from topics that aren't comfortable. Um, so I just continue to thank you, the listener, for supporting the podcast and showing up each week. Um, like these people wouldn't come 
on the podcast, if I was like, yeah, and seven people listen, they'd be like, oh, that's great. Good job with your hobby. Um, so just be be present while you're listening to today because I know that there's something specific that needs to come through for you. And I want you to know that I love you and I hope that you're doing okay. And if you're not, I am your friend. You can send me a DM. And if I don't respond, it's because I forgot about you because I read your message at an inappropriate time when I shouldn't have. And then I thought I'd remember it. And then I got seven more DMs and then I forgot about it. So I'm sorry. Don't be afraid to follow back, circle back around with me because I don't want you to feel alone because you're not. So uh, in your name, we pray. Was that a prayer? No, but it was a centering moment and we're allowed to do whatever the F we want. God's like, hey, thanks for spending time with me. I appreciate it. Even though you didn't say in your name, we pray. All right. So without further ado, here is my episode with Simon Floriani. Ah, I'm in love, but not in a threatening way, Jen. Don't worry. Enjoy. All right. Well, Simon, thanks for um, staying up late. Are you a, a night owl? No, I'm an early no. owl. <laughs> Are you a morning person then too? Or Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a morning, absolutely a morning person. So I have, um, okay. Well, I haven't really looked into this. I've watched a TikTok on it. Okay. So that's my level of mastery on this. Um, but they were talking about how there are some people who are not night people and they're not morning people and their archetype is a bear. They basically like they peak around <laughs> like 2 p.m. and that is me. <laughs> so like <laughs> it's really unfortunate because I am very, I'm a very tired person at nine o'clock. And then I would also like to sleep until 8 a.m. So I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out my morning routine and stuff like that. Well, when we started having children, I had um I used to have the only time I would get in the day without someone interrupting me was about 3 34 a.m. And oh, so I was like, really early. I would get up at that time because then I had time to reflect, meditate, plan. And then I would start in the office at 7 a.m. So I would just have what felt like a oodles, okay, say oodles of time to be able to train, do all the things for me. And then I was more available to give to anybody else. So, That's very disciplined. I think if I was in the clinic at seven, didn't you miss your kids waking up though? Like if you were in the clinic at 7 a.m.? Uh, I was working three days a week. So okay. uh, for most of, most of my career, I've worked three days. And so on the other days, I would be there making breakfast and going on school excursions and doing all those cool things. Uh, it was a philosophy we have, you know, both Jen and I, of making sure that our principles drive our life, not life driving our, our you know, everything. So. We wanted to be great parents as well. Yeah. Did me so like did meditation in your morning routine? Because I've talked to Jen, obviously, and yeah. it seems like her, like in her words, her like meditation and like finding that didn't come quite as quickly. Did you have a better routine than her? Like, did it come more naturally for you? Well, I didn't have to grow these humans and then feed them. And so th there's a, a whole level of, of dedication that comes from that when you're a committed mom and uh, of so many children. So um, I think, she, you know, she gets a big wide berth on that one to, uh, to, you know, big, big, you do whatever you need to do to get through that. I was very fortunate. Um, I, I, I learned meditation very early and it saved my life. And so I just literally can't do without it because my brain doesn't work very well. If I don't get a time to 
tune into my needs and uh, my God's needs and just requests of me. And so I would rather lose sleep than not meditate. And so I, I just, you know, I would get up an hour earlier and then I was like, oh, I need more time because I've got to shower and then I want to train and I want to do this. So I was like, oh, I'll get up two hours earlier. And, you know, so I just, just eventually it was like, I just have to get up earlier and earlier and it's worth it. And then you just, you have to go to sleep earlier then because you're tired. So I've got, we got into the habit. And when you have young children, they're in bed at seven. So going to bed at nine doesn't seem so bad. Um, and you're exhausted. So it's like off to sleep. Um, and so I've just had that now for about 20 years as a habit. And I love the fact that no one wants you in the morning. And, and so you can do you. And then I can actually meet all my needs. And then I'm better for the world, my family, my patients, everything like that. So it's, it's come out of that necessity. And um, yeah, and then it, it's sort of, it's, for me, it, it's the best thing I can do, you know, is to get myself right first. You say that no one needs you in the morning, but I was just sitting here thinking like, oh, unless you open your inbox that like, I think yeah. I literally do. I'm going to share with you my morning routine. And I'm pretty sure that it is the absolute worst thing I could do for my nervous system and cortisol levels. Um, I go to bed later than I should. I wake up, press snooze in order because I'm still tired to get out of bed. I grab my phone, still in bed, and start checking. Do I have any DMs on Instagram? Do oh I have what's my email? If I don't have like, you know, anything to respond to, I then check. Okay, oh, this is so embarrassing. But like, so during the pandemic, I got into a habit for some reason of um, I like a I subscribed to a news outlet and like they're they're not either super left or right or anything like that but like they're still journalists you know it's not yeah um super woke it's but yeah so then I sensational yeah and so then I click on that and I'll learn like oh Dua Lipa did something I learned about Cardi B throwing a a microphone at someone through that and you probably don't even know what I'm talking about and that's okay yeah yeah I think (laughs) <laughs> and um and then after I've like stared at my phone for five minutes I'm like all right I can get up then I get up and uh chug coffee and um <laughs> scroll and look at the books the like reflection Richard Rohr books that or um you know some great books that my husband's like you should read these these would be great and I'm like yeah five to ten pages a day I can do that and then I'm like, I'm, but I'm scrolling. This doesn't look. And then I get ready for work. So um, it's probably the worst thing that I could. We can do work. Do. We can workshop this. We can, we workshop, can this. workshop this. Yeah. But no, so my husband's like, we've been, we're like kind of, uh, we're a little behind. But like, I feel like sometimes he's the better chiropractor because like he's started looking at like he's starting to do cold plunge and he's really been into meditation and this and that. But you said that you found meditation or meditation found you and it changed your life. One of the things I've struggled with with meditation is like the, the learning curve where it's not life-changing yet. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, you know, so how did you get to that point where you like, 
over the like beginners part of it yes. because i am at a point where at 6 a.m i'm like no no no. i i would rather sleep than meditate yeah okay that's a great question because um i had this um i i have a, a love affair with immersion so immersion techniques are the, are the first drop back into bliss when you can find quiet, you know, and um, Joe Dispenza talks about that. So it's it's falling back into that cloud, which is like falling back to sleep um, that I love. It's sort of like wrapping myself in bliss. And then I'm then my and if you do it when you first wake up, the chatter hasn't started yet. And so what I, I of course, if, if I am in bed, I'll fall back to sleep. So what I do is I get up and I put, I've got a big dressing gown with a hood and I wrap that, you know, I jump into that. So I'm so warm, quickly go to the toilet so you can relieve your bladder. And then um, I sit in, in a big chair, like a, a wing back chair is good with a big, comes right up here. So you feel protected and nurtured and you can rest your head back. But I sit in that cross-legged and, and then I'm up, like physically up out of bed and I'm warm. And I've got this sort of hooded cover over my eyes. So I'm not looking around for stimulus. I keep the lights really low. So I'm still in those deep states or, or sorry, those light states of sleep where the conscious hasn't kicked in yet. And so that's that that's like rolling into the sheets of your bed and the soft cushions and and yet being awake. And so that's immersion. So I love that zone because I'm feeling all that nice feeling. And I'm still warm and protected and I'm not looking around and the brain's not starting to work. And then I, I start my meditation. So that immersion, that falling into bliss is what I love because that's really, that's like intimacy with my creator, intimacy with myself. And I can just sit in that for hours and hours. And so I stay there and then the mind is usually fairly quiet if you don't get it going and then I'll have a little notepad beside me and think, okay, what what are we in for? And I, I've, I've learned a number of different techniques. And after you do meditation for long enough, you develop your own. But I used to sort of, in my mind, walk through this sort of um, waterfall and let it cleanse and clean my body. Um, the most recent one I do is I just, I visualize myself dropping from my chair into the center of the earth. And I just look around this, this room, which I call the center of my earth, and I look for any holes that I need to patch. And, and I just sort of clean my earth, my world. And then I, I, I just jump out of, like I lift a little, once that's done, I dive out of the earth and I dive into the sun and I cook off the shell of who I am. And I let it sort of combust all the negativity all the thoughts all the stresses all the things and then i once i've done that i sort of come out of the the sun as a spirit which is just clean and then i can rebuild that and i just go back to my my chair and i'm like okay so we're clean our world is clear what next and so then someone like you know my mom might pop in or my this patient might pop in and i go oh what can i do for you uh, or my children, or my wife, and their needs, and I write little notes as to what I need to do there. I'll make sure you call your mom today, or and it can be anything from that simple to, you know, this patient has got this going on, and so I just make my notes, and then I'm going, okay, are we all done? And once there's no more people arriving, or no more things on my agenda to jot down, 
in priority, I'm like, okay, we're good. And I get up and I get about my day. How long would you say on average that takes? Oh, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes half an hour. I, I could do that. I could do that for a day. if I like. I've, I've been known to sit on an airplane and I put my headphones and I put my eye mask and I sit up with some meditative music on and five hours will just go. And I'm like, Jan, that was the quickest flight ever. She was like, you're kidding me. She's like, that was, you didn't move? I like, think Jen and I have a more similar personality and you might be closer <laughs> to my husband where I'm like, okay, that sounds gorgeous. Um, but then I would be like, ah, the dishwasher has come in and said, you yeah. need to unload me. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I, I hear you. And so- at the same time, slowing it down, you know, if just find bliss. If yeah. you can find bliss with meditation, then you can just enjoy your own company there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be prophetic. It just has to be quietening your mind for long enough that your soul can speak. Mm-hmm. And so that's my goal. Have you? I've heard um, that some people really have big success with meditation after they've had a very immersive experience, um, sweat lodge, you know, Joe Dispenza event. Is that something that you have experienced or recommend? Uh, yeah. I mean, again, um, I, I'm very uh, kinesthetic. I, I, I mean, mind you, Jen and I have a, a growth culture. We, we, we grow together because if you don't grow together, you grow apart. And if you don't um, constantly work on yourself, then you know what what you know what doesn't grow starts to die so we've done tony robbins joe dispenza we've done uh, john dimartini you know you can never invest enough in your head we've done retreats i've done fasting i've done cold water you know ice baths i've done ocean swimming i've done but that's for 20 30 years we've been vegan then we've been carnivore we've done you're just going to try these things you know to grow who you are um so nothing's right or wrong but don't just sit there and do nothing. You know, it's like it's sort of like developing neuroplasticity is to keep looking for what you need to improve. We've done counseling, we've done couples counseling, we've done, you know, immersive therapies, we've done like you can read books on anything that can improve me. I'm in. And so as far as meditation goes, I probably what got me hooked was I was a, a stone, a rock and and crystal collector when I was growing up. I grew up in Alice Springs, which is in the outback, like the real outback. And um, I used to just collect rocks as a child. And then one day someone said, oh, crystals have these special powers. You know, I was like, oh, really? I've got tons. <laughs> and so I laid, I laid down on my back and I put one on my third eye, you know. And I swear I dropped into another universe. And I, immersed, I was like, boom. And I was like, what was that? And I, that was my first, you know, like immersive experience. I was like, whoa. And I was like, whoa, that was huge. And I probably would have been in my teens. So I was like, there is something to this. And I felt still and I felt centered. And I was like, that was amazing. Now, that that was my that was my start of, of just being involved in great, you know, mm-hmm. great stuff around all of that. So um... I feel like there is it difficult for you 
to so like you're in your immersion you're in your cocoon and you've got your third eye open with a crystal and, <laughs> and then you go to work and you have to deal with uh, not have to deal uh you get yes, to choose to help yeah. and you've got people very busy people coming in you know maybe they check their email first thing in the morning they're on their sixth cup of coffee on an empty stomach and you're trying to help their nervous system and then you've got like your like okay this is like how is that first of all is that did you have to overcome being frustrated with like because I think that you just every time I've heard you talk your experience on this earth I think is I don't want to say more beautiful because I know you would be like that's not true um but I'm just like wow you put a crystal on your forehead and went to another (laughs) freaking plane like that sounds amazing um I don't think I would have the same experience and I think we're each here to affect people in a different way have a very different we're each here to have a very different beautiful life experience yours seems much more interesting and fun than mine um but how do you as this artistic very centered soul-seeking plane jumping person handle (laughs) the rest of like the 97 percent of like very shut off like nervous systems just like like how do you reconcile that internally and then next question which is probably the bigger one then how do you actually put that into practice yep that's that great questions and it's it's um it's exciting me to just even wake this part of my memory up no i grew up in the outback there was no uh there was there was there was not a traffic light in the town when i left it at the age of 17 you know i grew up when there wasn't mobile cell phones the, I, I i was i was i grew up with the australian aborigines and the first thing that they do when you meet them is an Aboriginal elder looks in your eyes and you feel like someone is climbing inside you and taking a good look at your soul. And I grew up thinking that was normal, that people look into your soul first. And um, the other interesting thing about Alice Springs where I grew up is that there's a huge American Defense Force base. And so they bring, uh, that's called Pine Gap, and it's the biggest one in the Southern Hemisphere. And so they would bring, they would import the Americans and their whole families straight from the US to Crocodile Dundee territory, like terribly way out back, rolling spin effects type Wild West, you know. And and the Americans would come in shell-shocked. And so I grew up with these kids coming in to our school and we would be like, and they were like, like buzzing flies and, and, and buzzing bees. You know, we would be like, whoa, what's up with them? You know, what but, is wrong with them? Well, it was more just, uh, and, and it was never, what's wrong with them? It's like, where are they from? Um, and so people have always been my sport because I'm genuinely fascinated in them. Not because I'm trying to make them more like me or make anyone right or anyone wrong. I'm just genuinely fascinated. And so I, I have um, I've moved to the, we moved to the city to study and Jen and I met here, started our practice here. And so um, when anyone goes to Alice Springs and they, they go, how did someone as sophisticated as you come from somewhere so out, out back, you know, out in the, so, so backward. And so that was a blessing for me. I grew up, you know, like 
like chasing dingoes and looking in their cage, you know, in the caves and doing really simple outback things that, that made me very still. So I think that's part of it. I grew up with stillness and also with people who looked into my soul first. So I had to get that right. Otherwise, I felt exposed. And it's a really, it's a fascinating experience to have someone really look you in the eyes and see who you really are before they look at what you're wearing or where you went to school or what your accent is. And so that's my priority. And it's always has been. So even with the patients and I have high net worth people or I have actors or celebrities or these people that seem to be like buzzing at this frequency, I'm always looking to see what's really happening in there. So I love eye gazing for that reason because you can really look to hear what the soul is saying. You eye gaze. Um, yeah, I look everyone in the eyes. Okay, yeah. at what point? Okay, hold up. At what point do you like? Is this on day one? Like a part of their ex- uh, exam? Every, everyone I meet, everyone I meet, I want to look in their soul. I don't want to talk. I'm, I'm I'm a deep person. I'm not a shallow person. I like to go straight for rich i have rich relationships i don't want shallow it's that's for you know that's for for someone else so i'm i'm here to really help my clients and and i'm I'm here for you and i want you to feel that and so you know i call bullshit if i you know they oh i'm good i'm like um i'm not convinced um and so that then starts to set a level of okay we're going to be i suppose there's talking happening while you're staring in the eyes i was literally picturing yeah. like and now i am going to stare at you like simon simon no, no, i no, just no, don't no. know how you do okay yes okay no 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 a report no report building and if someone's eyes are darting away and they and they don't feel safe then no there's no chance i'll keep pursuing that but i'm you know my first question is you know how can i help you most and and I really want to hear that, you know, not just oh my back, my neck. I'm like, what, you know, what's drawn you here? And um and and then I get I gauge a lot from giving them a hug or from putting my hands on someone. So I'll often be like, mm, you know, your body's telling me something different than just this. You're not breathing, or I'm watching your soft neurological signs, and it's telling me that you know your face is all tight and stressed or your respiratory pattern is really shallow, are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you, do you feel safe? Um, some of those things are, are really powerful words to get someone to tune in to what's actually happening in their body rather than just listen to the loudest scream of pain or symptom. I'm like, your body is, is, you know, is, is amped up. How do we bring that into a state of peace? So a lot of those words are what I use to just help create that personal connection with them but also connect them back to themselves Mm -hmm. so that's my sport you know i love that about working with people because they don't often well most people don't know what's on offer with a a good chiropractor they just think it's about a you know a, a symptom but if we could just tune into their nervous system and i talk a lot about amplitude you know you seem your amplitude seems really high and yes, of course, that's going to manifest as excitation and pain and irritability and, and sensitivity. But you know, the best harmony for your body would be a lower amplitude or a calmer amplitude. And then if someone is a slug and there's, you know, there's, they've got no amplitude, I'm like, we're going to fire you the Do you fuck find up. that often? More in the city, more people are amped up and stressed out. Whereas um, 
know, some of the children and babies, if they've had birth trauma, they're still in shock. Their amplitude, they're still reeling, you know, in trying to work out whether they actually want to be here so that you have to fire them up and you have to wake up their nervous system because they're so traumatized and stuck in a, in a shock pattern. Um, mothers, after they lose a lot of blood or they and they're really weak after the birth and, um, you know, if they're also in shock from a traumatic birth, then you've got to bring them back and kick them out of shock. shock. And then people that are really obese and really sluggish or really, you know, just toxic in a, uh, like a, a dampening toxics, like too much alcohol and stuff that dampens the nervous system versus people that are into nicotine and caffeine and uppers, then they often need to be, you know, if you're really in a, in a dampened state, the nervous system is slow and sluggish, too much pot usage. They get that real slowness in the nervous system. So you got to go, well, look, we're going to fire you up because you won't, you won't hold your adjustments either if you're weak. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult through a podcast to ask like, you know, what's the difference in your adjust? Well, I suppose, what are you specifically doing that's different for someone who's amped up, who needs to be calmed versus who needs to be woken up? Yeah. Well, all of your um, sympathetic adjustments are going to stimulate people. So mid-thoracic and, um, you know, mostly mid-thoracic, so your sympathetic stimulation and high velocity and, and deep adjustments are going to, you know, take it up a big notch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all your parasympathetic often, um, you know, work on Logan techniques or low force techniques and uh, respiratory release techniques and suboccipital SOT techniques will all enhance this parasympathetic response vagus techniques to allow the body to bring in its dampening. So, you know, they're the sort of things that I would do to, mm-hmm. to bring someone down off that high. And, um, and get them to to focus on subtle and peaceful, more yin breathing, and recommend they do some relaxing things to calm the system down, like yin yoga, and you know, like uh, wear their sunglasses inside, or um, try and quieten the stimulus to the brain, decrease their caffeine. So, so I would I would imagine that in as the doctor, in order to be able to even sense this in someone because like I'll definitely have um I would say in the last five years I call it my psychic abilities are waking up you know where it's like I've told a couple people they're well not told them they're pregnant but been like you pregnant and they're like, nope. And then they come in two weeks later and they're like, you'll never guess. So I was like, no, actually I did. <laughs> um, you know, and so like little things of just like coming through, um, through energy of just like, when was the last time you had a prostate exam? I think you need to schedule that. Like just things like that. And then there's other days where it's like no messages. Yep. And so I would imagine that as the doctor, if I was like going to ask like, well, how do I learn how to help someone? I would imagine it starts first with me being in a good space. Or yeah, because like, you got to be help. You got to be quiet enough. Yeah, you, you got to be quiet enough on the inside, and you got to be a bright enough flame to be able to enable someone to light their flame from yours. And I say, you know, if you're if you're a vital force, if your innate intelligence or your universal intelligence is not flowing, then you haven't got much to offer. 
And so I, I always have this belief, fundamental thing that if I don't, if my flame's not bright enough, I haven't got that much to give or to share or to channel or whatever is, is happening with an innate to innate exchange. And so my light's not bright enough. So you've got to be fit. You've got to, you know, you've got to do the things that you would tell someone else to do. You've got to get adjusted. You would be surprised how many chiropractors don't get adjusted. I've heard this. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hello. Shocks me. And I'm like, yeah. What? So this sounds wonderful. It, it sounds wonderful. But like, I, there's a lot of chiropractors who are burnt out, like really exhausted. And I feel like, it's, I, hmm, hmm, here's, I'm trying to figure out how to ask the question here. I feel like a lot of women specifically really suffer with the concept of like they, all they're doing is pouring out into their patients and yep. that's, what's burning them out. And it's kind of that like cliche, like, well, you have to learn to be selfish to do this, but they just really struggle with this, like, Yes. Taking care of themselves. And I think that there's lots of males who are in that nurturing, giving role where they're pouring out too. But like the cliche just isn't working. The like self-care isn't selfish girl. That whole like <laughs> motto has been printed yeah. on enough t-shirts for years. It's not working. I'm not seeing women in our profession and and men to, you know, like, I'm just not seeing the 30 somethings, 40 somethings able to grab it, to grab it yeah. and actually do something with it. We're just still being like told like, well, you got to do this otherwise. So like, what's the yeah. next layer of deeper, like helping them besides like, we just have to prioritize it. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally feel what you're saying. Um, and I think uh, men and women are, are actually, actually quite different. And Jen and I have had a, a wonderful working relationship because we're playing the long game. And, you know, women, you guys have, have got this unique God-given gift that, that us males will never have. And that you, a woman in her feminine power is an oracle. And so deep down, you actually know the answers well before us dodos ever get it. And so... If you could just empower that to go, you know what, um, you know, I don't need to compete with anyone. Men have more testosterone. They have, you know, more get up and go. We don't have to bleed every month. We don't have to grow these humans and then feed them and do all these things that, that most moms will do uh, or women who are, in, you know, in their 30s or have children and they'll be doing that whilst trying to have a full career. And you can always go back to your adjusting and your chiropractic uh, practicing if you've got kids and you can't bring your kids up twice. So why wouldn't you do a great job of that? And then you can always exercise that other muscle later. So if that was, it was a, if it's a family thing, which it often is, and when you're a couple as a chiropractor, you have to have a long game of going, you know what, we're going to do a great decade of raising kids and then we're going to have that off our hands. And then, you know, we can exercise building a practice together, you know, and, and the mom can work more and the dad can change shift and gear or whatever, you know, you, but you have to, you have to not compete with anyone else. You've got to set up principles according to your life 
and your life design and then work like a team to make it happen. I don't know if that's totally answered it, but for a lot of the chiropractors in the 30 and 40 age group, you know, you give, like you said, you give. And at what point do you be an inspiring health leader? You know, we've, we've fallen off the wagon. You know, we got fat after we had kids and we couldn't exercise and we wanted cookies and cream to, to get energy because the kids were keeping us up all night. And then we both were like, we have this constant thing when one of us is not being an inspiring health leader, we're like, would that be what an inspiring health leader does, Simon? And I'm like, ah, you know, and Jen and I, and we'll have a giggle about that, you know? And so if you can have a giggle about it and go, you know what, I'm really tired. I've been up all night or I've, I'm, I've you know, whatever you have a health challenge, you got to honor that and go, you know what, I'm not the most inspiring health leader I want to be, but this is what I can do. I can be this, I can be that, I can work with my 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 inadequacies, but not whip myself or punish myself more than I already do and, and feel like I'm giving from an empty tank. So make it easy to win is the key. Okay. And it might be that you might just need to drink five more glasses of water today to be better. <laughs> You're a good start. Okay, I have lots That's of thoughts. It. I have lots of thoughts. Okay, go. But one of the things that... I have to return back to because you kind of glazed over it of like, oh, so just take a break from practice to prioritize raising kids. Like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I, re I refuse to do that. I love my children, but I refuse to accept that as the solution because I'm the one with tits. But here's my follow-up. <laughs> so I became, it was very like just with my husband's and I's uh, personalities, our degrees, you know, I have the chiropractic degree. He has the marketing and finance. Um, and so also personalities just definitely are in sync and symbiotic. Um, but just in almost, like, I don't like to say in the reverse masculine feminine, but yep. so we Possibly, don't dwell yeah. on this. Possibly. So um, I was, I'm the breadwinner. So yep. he had, you know, well, we obviously, I get what you're saying where it's like both of you, like the household is going to completely implode if both of you are not prioritizing the children and this. Yep. And so that was, you know, that kind of became his thing. The problem where like the thing that you said that I was like, oh, I could see that being a big issue as to why the like self-care isn't working is so like, all right, we've got these women who when they're in their true power are embodying their feminine, but they've chosen a career and so many chiropractors refuse to be associates. Like that's the thing that I wish like, okay, maybe don't give up your career, but like, could you just not worry about opening a practice while you're giving yeah. babies? Now, granted, that's what I did. And, but I'm in a lot of therapy <laughs> and my cortisol levels, are <laughs> whatever, we're not talking about me, Simon. but like, I do see like, okay, maybe you could just work two or three days a week and during that phase and then open a practice later might be a good solution, but opening a practice, running a practice is very masculine. So like, I'm not talking about being the doctor. I think, you know, if I'm kind of connecting what you've said so far, 
some of the true essence of being able to tap into that patient's nervous system is that quiet, is that flow, which is the more feminine energy. So like the men listening, you know, to really tap into your patients, like find your feminine, but women. So, okay. So we go in and we're starting this practice and we're hiring and we're marketing and we're doing all the things. And it's this checklist and these deadlines and QuickBooks and that's masculine. And so then we wonder like, why am I burning out? Why am I this? Why am I struggling so much? And it's like, well, because you're really going against nature. Like, yes, good job. You birthed a child, which is feminine, but like your milk supply dropped, huh? Shocking. You're like not sleeping. You're losing your hair. All of these things, shocking because you're not continuing to feed that feminine. And then you go, oh, self-care. Okay, so now I need to wake up. I need to meditate for how long? Tell me, how long do you meditate for, Simon? And I need a hood? Okay, I saw something at yeah, that yeah. I think will work great. Yeah. And we're basically masculinizing, checklisting yes. the self-care and then wondering why it doesn't work. Does that make sense? So that's, that, yes, so, so that's a, a great, uh, it's a great reminder to say, so find your bliss don't find mine, don't compare to anybody else. So what would give you bliss? You know, I, you know, I'll use Jen as an example because she was strung out trying to help run the practice and have the kids on her breast and keep the house neat and she's really house proud and she wants to have organic food and she wants, and the list just got so big, it was overwhelming. And so I said, all right, let's do a little, let's do a, a bliss. What, is it blissful going to the supermarket and having to source all the food and is it blissful putting it in the car with the children and then getting home and unpacking it? And we worked out she was doing like 30 to 35 hours a week of by the time she was shopping, bringing it home, food preparation. And um, we just did a bit of a, a masculine audit on that. And we were able to order 80% of our food once a week and it would deliver. And then she, that saved her going to the shop every day to get things. And it got delivered. And so it was a 15 to 20 minute unpack. And then we started cooking two meals every night so that every second night there was no meal to cook. And so it was like, when we're going to cook and chop and, and get the kitchen messy and all that sort of thing, why don't we just cook two meals? And then we've got the next two nights and that saves a whole night of cooking. And so we did some of those things and that was blissful. And then, then the shot, the washing for four children. Um, I can't imagine. I have two and I'm insane. So yeah, so what I did, we we turned the office, which was in the middle of the of the house, and we rewired uh, and replumbed so that the the uh, washing machine and dryer were in the center of the house, and we turned the office into a dressing room so that the children would come in from school, and none of the clothes went back into the bedrooms, and so they'd come in and they would put their washing in the to be washed, take off the school uniforms, change into their sport uniforms. We had boxes for the different things, so nowhere in the house was there any clothes than in that room and they never that they only left the house when you wore them and you came back in you got changed in that room and the clothes never left that space they got washed they got ironed they got folded put back in your box and only the formal stuff that's hardly ever used was in the cupboards in the bedrooms and that saved probably 10 to 15 hours a week and that was bliss and we had this dressing room and if there was ever something, check the dressing room and the laundry room, and all the ironing was done in there. And the, when the you know, and it was like it was a, a form of bliss to save 
Now we're talking 30 or 40 hours a week was saved from those couple of hacks. And so that's that's how to turn domestic into bliss. And you know, and then you know, there's all sorts of hacks you can do to create bliss so that then you are more available for the office because we want the office to be a success. We want to be able to spend the energy on that. And then I used to have like I had 30 and seven associates and 30 staff and um you know four four management people, all that sort of stuff, because we grew a lot. And then Bit by bit, I was like, well, they're all just taking up so much office space. I then hired someone off-site in the Philippines to do all of our book work, bills, everything. She would just load it up, and it was a couple of hundred bucks a week for someone to do all my my payroll, my bills, my everything. And I just – she was uploaded to the account, and I would tick, 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 and send them when, when they were ready to be paid. Um, and – it saved me a desk and office and someone having to have, you know, uh, coffees in the morning and, and bitch and, you know, gossip and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, why didn't I do that 10 years ago? And that's, so then it was another, uh, one less staff member. And then, you know, we what automation has made a huge difference in AI. And so there's lots of things you can do to, to create bliss because now I get excited and I go, Oh, I've got, uh, you know, we have a, a, a bot that answers the second phone if it's ringing and the, and the reception, the CAs are busy. So I've gone from having two CAs to one. Really? And I'm like, that's saved half, this half my, my wages overhead. Yeah. And so there's things like that that see how that becomes bliss and it creates joy. I do see how having a bot yes. would be bliss. And the patients love it because they get an, a, a text message from Winston, who's the Autobot, and they text have this text dialogue. And then on my phone, I can actually override the conversation and come in. And so I play jokes on the patients go, hey, Dr. Simon has asked me to remind you to make sure you, and I personalize it to them. And they're like, wow, this bot knows everything. And, you know, you can turn it into bliss. And I find it fun because it answers from my phone from the office number and they don't even know it's me and I can play jokes on them. I can send them little things. And it seems like we're giving this extraordinary extra service and I can just do that while I'm sitting, you know, doing nothing much. So, what's so there's lots of ways. now. Like what humans are under your. I have, I have one CA and we'll often have um, two or three practitioners on like myself, another chiropractor, maybe the massage therapist as well. Um, and only ever one CA on at a time. And uh, we have automated everything from the, you know, the note taking to the appointments and they can do, even do payments online. It's inexpensive. Uh, they, they get automatic follow-up, all the, the, you know, uh, the AI surrounding the, uh, the, you know, we have campaigns and uh, scheduled mail outs if they haven't come in or if they haven't been for two weeks or if they've, you know, wherever they are in different parts of their their experience with us, we can target them, send them things that automatically happen, and I just check in and tweak that. I get feedback and statistics on um, you know, how the success of any of those campaigns have been or have not been. Um, you know, we can, we can do recalls and reminders automated so they automatically get offers to come back in. And so there's so much that that gives me bliss because I don't have to have – another staff member who I have to drive and I have to motivate. And so these are not expensive hacks, especially when you start cutting off 
um, huge and wage And your profitability bills. is just returning. Through the roof. You know, Through the roof in comparison. I, I want to talk about um, how you how you get your beautiful essence into your practitioners. How, because like, you know, it, no matter what your clinic is, like my clinic is very me because it's my clinic. Yes. And yep. patients are attracted to the clinic because of my vibration and my essence. So yep. do you feel it's really important that your practitioners are all really centered in this same space or do you have no 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 diversity is great i think that i mean we also have the you've got to look at the, the the practice is nearly 30 years old and so there's people that have have built trust we're in the trust business so if you're in, you know a mature practice that's got a good reputation in the community then patients that have been adjusted heaps don't mind a bit of diversity and and different types of adjustments and and different types of chiros because I like getting adjusted by different chiropractors. And so there's that already the trust is built. I love chiropractic. I'll come. And some people are on the schedule. Some people like to, you know, when you've been around long enough, you'll see there's, there's schedule burnout. You know, you know, some people that have been to chiropractors who put them on a three times a week for the rest of their natural life. And they just do all these, these things. People are like, I don't want to do a schedule. I just want an adjustment. I don't want to have to go through re-exams and do this and, and I don't want that. I want to I want to choose when I want to come. I just want great adjustments. And you're and okay so, with that? Yes, because you're the they're the customer, right? And you know what? If 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 you keep coming back and you know, let's be honest, you can't guarantee that half the 80% of the chiropractors there have got in a, in the world, they've got terrible curves, terrible spines. And so it's not about it's not about restoring curves. It's about it, it's about the nervous system. And if we got better at saying, I'm going to check your nervous system and make it better, I'm not going to try and model you into some perfect contoured mechanical piece specimen. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, turn your nervous system up when it needs up and I'm going to cool it down and calm it down when it needs down. And I'm going to balance it to the best of my ability. And you'll, you'll feel that. You'll feel the shift in your nervous system from the adjustment I give you. And coached people to to look for nervous system soft neurological signs. You know, the soft signs that the nervous system is is doing well is when you breathe well, you menstruate well, you you digest your food well, you you you've got light in your eyes, and like you said, you know, your hair is staying in, not falling out. You, you know, you're you're happy, and you're not searching for cortisol uppers and downers, and you're not trying to push your body so hard. You're in balance. And that's nervous system balance, not having some pitch and curves in the perfect alignment. It's not true. And we need, to, we need to really examine that and go, we're actually nervous system specialists, not bone specialists trying to stack bones properly. Yes, there is a relationship and that's another whole discussion. But my objective is to have the nervous system operate better and to teach and show you that yours is better from having come to see me. And that's the that's the game for me is to get people turned on and excited about their nervous system changes instead of trying to get them to modify their curves. So one of the things that um, I really have felt, so this is my 14th year in practice and, you know, you go through all these 
these things. Yeah. And um, I feel like we swung, I swung, and therefore took the whole practice with me, very hyper controlling of like weekly chiropractic is the damn bomb diggity. And I will allow yeah. every other. And then everyone else who doesn't want that, you need to find a different chiropractor. Like, you yeah. are with me or you have other boring chiropractors in town to go to. If you want to be a part of my club yeah. and um, this year, I've just kind of, well, first of all, thanks to therapy, I realized I have like some major control issues, <laughs> like real deep rooted shit. And um, I realized like, oh, and that's how that's, that's what that is. Like, I, I believe that once a week is best. Yes. And often more. And so because that's what I want them to do, I try and control them and like set up a clinic with systems and procedures and rules and yes. regulations and reactivations <laughs> and and text messages that are like if you don't get in like blah blah yes. blah yeah um and i'm kind of like sick of it like That's i'm kind tainting. of i'm like just really like oh it's exhausting it's really exhausting to corral hundreds and hundreds of little goats to get adjusted once a week yes. and if they don't yeah. then punish them and so like <laughs> so you you just allow them like how does how do you recommend the frequency and yep. and you know you kind of took a little jab but that's okay I, uh at yeah. like the three times a week you know and and like that's how we start patients of like okay this is your scan you need three times yeah. a week for three four months and if they're like if I had a new patient who was in just burnout, they're not getting, you know, all of the things. And they're like, mm, I'll come once a week. You know, I'd be like, mm, then we're not, we're not doing this game. So like, how do you handle that part of practice? Why? Yeah. Why not? Because, you know, it took me 30, it's still taking me 30 years to truly understand what's on offer with chiropractic. And to get that in the 30-minute consultation is not really fair, especially if I've heard all these things and I don't know if I trust you yet. And so that takes it away from being um, sales-based into being my, – my standard comment is I get adjusted every week. So do my wife and children. And that's what affords us such great life. My children have never had Panadol or Paracetamol. They've never been to a doctor. They've, you know, they've never had a day off school that wasn't you – know, was from sickness. So, um, you know, that's on offer for you. And uh, one of my great mentors many years ago said, chiropractic is like a buffet. And it, there's so much on offer. And if you just force people to eat the sushi bar, <laughs> they'll never quite get the whole lot, you know? And so, what's wrong with offering? If you play the long game, um, if, when you read that the book, Good to Great, and um, even the e-myth, you know, they talk about doing all these systems and procedures. And I used to judge myself for not getting them right and have created all this stress for myself. And then I realized that when I go to a buffet, I, I actually like to eat what I like to eat. And I like to choose. And sometimes I'll be adventurous and go, oh, yeah, I'll have some of that. And that's what I, I do now is I say, you know, you think your expectations of what you're going to get here are this. This is the buffet. I'll be able to help you with your pregnancy and your digestion and your menstrual cycle and 
I can help you with so much more because your nervous system controls everything. Your general sense of happiness, all those things. I know now as a practitioner that I can I can impact all of that. So you may not want to choose that today. Uh, this is a schedule based on what I recommend for you, and it's really important. If you want to go slow-paced and you can only afford or whatever is your excuse or you, then I'm good with that too. But let's let's just be, you know, let's just be really clear. I'm giving you this recommendation because that's what's going to get you the best results the quickest. You want to change it up? Um, no different than if you want to get fit for the marathon, you need to do X amount of training or you're going to pay for it one way or the other. So if you just want to run slowly and run once a week, you're not going to get that fit. And so your nervous system is not going to be that fit. I'll have to go slower because your nervous system won't have the, the plasticity and the capacity to take on board all the changes that we want according to your goals. And that's why you've got to find their goals. And what, what do you really need from you know, your healthcare? And then I can say, so I would think this would take three months um, with the schedule I've set. But if you want to negotiate with your health, then this might take three years. Mm. And oh, ultimately so you are- like Freedom in that. And like yes. the person sitting across the table is the driver of their health, which should be. Yes, so rather than you parenting them. How, yeah, which is exhausting. Um, exhausting. So I have this funny someone... patient. Let me tell you this one story that came out. It was only a, a few, you know, weeks ago. This guy, I saw him five years ago and I gave him a schedule and he didn't come back. He came in like five years later and he said, hi, you remember me? I'm so-and-so. I'm like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, no. And um, and he said, you said this, 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 and I'm ready. And I went, okay, so we're probably going to need to go like start again and do another assessment. And he said, I just couldn't follow someone else's direction. I just couldn't just commit to that. I could, didn't like myself enough or care enough about myself, but now I'm ready. And you're the one that gave me the honest answer. So I'm back. I was like, wow. And so that's the difference. Release them to get them back. Yeah. Um, and be honest about that, saying, you are in charge. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to parent you. But you are. You can have this help if you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that is interesting, I feel like we do a good job for a new patient who's like, I'm just not ready. Well, we could do a better job, but like they might return at some point. We'll, we'll have a, somebody who like didn't sign on initially come back sometimes and be like, okay, now I'm ready. I feel like where I'm disappointed most is in our inability to create an atmosphere where when someone needs to take a break because life happened. Something is disconnecting. Like I know that if they called us, like somebody who was coming weekly, their family, we love them. And then they're like, mm, we can't afford it. We're taking a break from care. Something that we're doing, and I don't know what it is. Like we, they just don't feel welcome coming back because yeah. I think they feel like they disappointed me, which they did, right? Yeah. Like that's, yes. that's what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so that's one of the things that I'm like, our reactivation 
if you want to put a very masculine word to like what we're talking about, sucks because basically we have let them know that weekly care for life is what you need. And we can be all like nice and like, yep, we'll be here for you whenever you're back. But they know that when they come back, the expectation is weekly yep. for life. And so they're like, I don't know that I don't, I just wanted to come back for a little bit and dip my toe. And yeah. we're like, no, no toe yeah. dipping. <laughs> well, you know, could you play the long game? Um, you know, in, in, um, in some, many of the business management texts, when I got out of the chiropractic uh, classic coaching systems, uh, I, I read about other businesses and um, in the Good to Great book, they're like, you to, to go from good to great, you have to keep stuffing systems in behind you as you grow. You can't just stay stuck on the same things. And as people change and the industry changes, we have to change. And so one of the books I read talked about how the best thing you can do is think of what is the, what is the amount, uh, what is the cost to acquire a new patient, which we all can do easily. But then what do you, what do you expect that client or patient to bring you in the length of their lifetime? And so rather than thinking of a plan and, and that your average patient might bring you, um, you know, two grand, five grand worth of, um, worth of income, if you looked at it and thought, this is a fifty to $100,000 asset, how does that change your view of that person in the length of their lifetime? Oh, that's a different game. Yeah. I really, I'm really going to care about everything in your life. And if this year you can't afford your care, I'm going to, I'm going to help out there because I know that when you get your cash back and you're you know, your health has improved and you're getting your new job that we've been goaling for and all those things. I was there with you in your worst time. And so you're going to be paying and that I don't have to go and find another new patient then because you're not only going to tell everyone how amazing I was for giving to you when you needed it, but then I was also there. And then you can look two years, five years, 10 years time. You're not looking for new patients then because you have got your tribe. They know you love them. And the commercial part of in your head as a business owner is saying, you're one of my $50,000 assets. And if chiropractors looked like that and thought every new patient is potentially a $50,000 asset instead of a 2000, you know, in Australia and some of the places where we coach, the average visitation is two, but that's because they see the new patient, they do a report of findings and they're gone. And some of them don't even get past the first one because their average is to only two. Right. And so it's this terrible leaking bucket of searching for new patients. What if I told you this new patient was worth 50000 to you? What would you do different? How much, how much kinder would you be? How much effort would you put into texts and calls and, and meeting them where they're at and helping them when they're down? And, and you know, that's a different game. And yet that's, that's what lifetime, you know, a big long-term business plan is, is to play the long game. And that's the goal. It's been the gold for me. I'm like, you know what? And I've been, you know, I've been in the newspaper saying I'm suspended for being an anti-vaxxer. I've got, and I would have yeah, thought I've that. Yeah, I've heard about you know, your reputation. The, yeah. Half the patients would have, you know, would have I've gone up against the government and against the current belief. And yet I, and at the moment I can't even get on Instagram and promote um, my business. 
I can't even, I don't know, I don't email the database because I'm not sure who's on my side and who's not. And yet the practice is busy as ever, purely from word of mouth, because the people that love me are the ones that they know that I'm a good human and that I've done the right thing for them for the last 30 years. And so even the worst betrayal doesn't stick because we've built those trust bonds so thick and we've given and given to that relationship. So that's where you get those blissful dividends when you give and give in a different way with a different attitude instead of just trying to convert for another plan. For me, it's much bigger than just two, three, four, five thousand dollars It's a fifty dollars to $100,000 asset in the lifetime of that client being in my business. It's very different practice advice than you get at a lot of masculine. I, I think I'm starting to realize yes. that a lot of the coaching within chiropractic is um, really masculine. And like, you're like, you need to grow, you need to this and like, they're either with you or against you. And, um, yeah. and I can see, yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Okay. It is late mm-hmm. for you. Where can people get more of you? Well, uh, Jen and I are doing seminars. We're just starting back in the US. We have a, a seminar coming up very soon in Dallas. Um, that's on the 8th and 9th of September. Uh, that's our first, uh, because we're only just allowed into your country. <laughs> have you no, 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 because uh, because we may or may not have uh, indulged in the uh, the offer to be vaccinated. And so now that we can come back to the US, we're very, um, very excited. We spent a lot of years building wonderful relationships with all of our great DCs and um, in the US. Um, so we'll be back a lot. We have got seminars all through Europe. If you feel like a European vacay um, for this year and, uh, and next, we have uh, everything's on the welladjusted.co website.co and we do you know we're coaching we're we're very much boutique style we just want to help the people that really want to be helped we we know that we know and love chiropractors we uh you know we have experience now for 30 years working well together uh, as a couple of chiropractors so we know and experience um have huge experience in running a big practice and a big family who are our highest priority and our kids we're mad about them. We're, you know, we want them to be our best friends forever. Um, and so parenting is really, and balance is really important to us. So, you know, you can feel free to DM me and we can start discussions. If you want to talk about coaching that we can, uh, we can help you. So our goal is to get the chiropractic profession where, where we, where we deserve to be at the forefront, helping and healing, because that's, that's what the community needs. They need you to be an inspiring health leader. And um, that's our job is to now start giving back. We've had wonderful success in practice. Now we want to help the magical healers out there to be more magical. Mm -hmm. I uh, would love for you and Jen to host a retreat that's um, on spirituality and meditation for like couples. Can I come to that? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Well, well, I know the person that can arrange this retreat for us. All right, and book it in. We are so in. We would be so in for that. Oh, good. Oh, all right, Simon. Yeah. Thank you so much for staying up late. I know it's a uh, pleasure. This stuff, this stuff just keeps me. It keeps me lit up. You know, when I can. These are great conversations. They're life changing. Yeah, and it's, sleep um, until four thirty in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> yep. 
And then we'll, uh, I'll, maybe I'll try the bear thing. I yeah. Try bear. I can do it. Peek at 2 p.m. I like it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, Simon. All right, she slayers. Um, check that out. If you are listening late and you can't book a flight tomorrow to get to Dallas, um, there will be more, and we'll try and keep you posted on upcoming seminars that Simon and Jen have. I don't have Jen's episode number off the top of my head, but if you loved this episode, scroll back. Scroll back. I don't know, twenty-ish episodes. We'll have the link below. Um, because Jen was also just. You guys are. I can't imagine. Like you're just so wonderful so we'll do a date night where we have you and jen on yes. with my husband and i we'll do that like, what a great idea that would be a wag that would be heaps of fun all right I promise to entertain yes absolutely <laughs> all right she slayers until next week bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Hold up. 